0: Sister Mirata Daisy Oakwood's 551B, filled the final glass of water, and set it on the table. Thousands of glasses now covered every available surface in her residence. All of them filled with water from her kitchen faucet. No one should have this many glasses, let alone fill them all with this much water. She did. But not without a little help from her regular, and now least favorite place to eat. Liquid lunch provided her with the endless supply of 500 milliliters glasses from which she drank the thick earth toned juice that had been her daily lunch for many years. It was one of those dining establishments for people that had given up. Texture and flavor no longer mattered, and they just needed to intake their recommended daily lunchtime nutrition, complete with the required nutritional and medical supplements, as quickly and joylessly as possible. At one point she thought she had given up. That's what brought her to liquid lunch. But the discovery of the hot and cold-proof glasses that held their beverage meals had become the impetus of her revolt. Once she had found the almost invisible sensor tapes attached to each glass, and also taught herself an unnoticeable way to remove it, her plan took shape. With each drink she took of the nutritionally sufficient beverage, she loosened the tape. After she had finished her liquid meal, with one practiced movement she lightly slapped the tape to the underside of the counter, waved her arm in payment, and slid the glass off the counter into her waiting bag on the floor. The routine had become so practiced that the only thing she needed to be conscious of is where she sat in order to avoid a ridiculous buildup of detached security tapes. These kinds of places were not known for their cleanliness, so once she found a few tapes from previous days, she was confident her plan would work. When she was young, she lived by the ocean. It was the sound and the smell she associated most with her childhood. Anything that reminded her of the sea always brought her back. The crushing of all that water again and again, and the distant horizon that reached out to the edge of the complete unknown were feelings she carried with her throughout her life. As a child, she fell asleep every night to the sound of the waves, and awoke every morning hoping to be closer to finding out where her life was taking her. But that was a long time ago. Her parents both died. Not tragically, just inevitably. With no siblings, she dealt with it alone and continued to find comfort in things that reminded her of those days by the ocean. No one ever brought her that kind of comfort or happiness, so she never married. Her work had taken her deep into the city, far away from the sound of crashing waves. She spent years this way wondering if this bleak, Hopeless life had been awaiting her over the horizon this whole time. Nothing so mysterious and beautiful would hide something this joyless and mundane. She continued to long for the sound of breaking waves, and her return to the sea. Now complete, Daisy surveyed the landscape of liquid lunch glasses filling what used to be her apartment. The morning sun glimmering on the iridescent logos stenciled on the sides was beautiful. She stood and watched them, feeling more than a little amazed at what she had done. Life could be measured in a surprising number of ways. This was hers. It was far more elegant than she had expected. Tiny specks of multicolored light danced over the walls, making the whole room so beautiful. Three things were now going to happen simultaneously. Her absence at work, her exceeding the monthly water usage limit on the first day of the month, and her visor becoming unreachable, would all alert the system. This last thing was made possible by her pulling the small metal crescent from the bridge of her nose and tossing it at the impressive pyramids of water filled glasses. It pinged and bounced a few times off of lips and sides of glasses until it caplunked into the water and sank to the bottom of one glass. She sat down on the sofa nearest to the front door and waited.
1: Do you require assistance, Daisy? How can we help you?"
0: The voice came from her entire apartment sound system. Every speaker in every room. Instinctually she gestured to turn it off, but then remembered she was no longer wearing her visor.
1: This residence is now under full alert. A customer service team will be arriving shortly.
0: That was fast, she thought. It amazed her how quickly the voice lost its caring, polite tone. But these days, enmity valued efficiency over anyone's comfort or feelings, it seemed. She continued to wait. The front door chimed and opened at the same time. Obviously triggered but some override access the team possessed.
1: Is everything okay? What can we do for you today?
0: The team member first threw the door, possibly the team leader gently inquired. The whole team entered the residence cautiously, puzzling at all the glasses. Over here, she said to the team. Nice guns.
1: Please don't be alarmed. Ennety equips us with only non-lethal compliance devices.
0: The team leader told her. Look like guns to me. Daisy replied. Still seated, she gestured in a broad sweeping motion to the glasses of water occupying every flat surface. Anybody thirsty?
1: What seems to be the trouble here?
0: The team leader asked her. I have a request to make to the company you represent, she said. I was pretty sure it would go unnoticed without a bit of a drama, so that's what all this is about.
1: What is your request?
0: The team leader asked. Daisy paused for a moment, then said, I want her back. The team waited in case there was more to the request.
1: Who would you like back?
0: The team leader finally asked. Daisy Oakwood's 551B, she answered.
1: That is your name,
0: he replied. She realized she may be close to triggering a mental health protocol that could get her subdued before she could finish. She continued measuring her words and their response carefully. That is not me. That woman looked forward to each day. She would wake up on mornings like this and smile with genuine happiness at what was to come. She was pretty and energetic. That's not me. That woman did what she was told and was never noticed by the system. That isn't me. That woman died drinking the same disgusting slop from all these glasses for years. She knew the entire time that they were filled with medication to keep her body functioning, to just do the same pointless thing again and again. This is what it took to kill her. This is what slow death looks like, she said again, referring to the endless glasses surrounding her.
1: You need to calm down and let us help you,
0: the team leader told her. His hand crept down to the device at his belt. She is gone. I want her back, she said.
1: That is not going to be possible,
0: he said. Now all the team members were locating their compliance devices. You took everything from me, Daisy said. My entire life is over. I am old now. Weak. Joyless. You did that. Your system. She stood up from the sofa and approached the pyramid of glasses closer to the window. Daisy scanned the carefully stacked glasses looking for a specific one. The leader had now removed his non-lethal device from his belt, and was pointing it at her. Do whatever you want with me, but I am not her, she said. This old grey woman you are looking at now wants all of it back. She found the glass she was looking for with the shiny metal crescent at the bottom, and removed it from the fourth tier of glasses carefully balanced on the table. The entire structure came crashing down spilling water, and shattering glasses as it fell. It was loud and echoed from the walls. The team stepped back startled by the sound and flow of water toward them. Daisy was disappointed at the sound. It sounded nothing like the crashing waves of her childhood. It was more like the noise of a terrible accident. Even the water itself was a disappointment. It wasn't the bracing cold of the sea that surrounded her bare feet, but a sickly warmth from the water in the sun-heated glasses. Holding the glass she had rescued from the table, she raised it toward the startled team. To happiness and long life, she said as she tipped the glass to her lips drinking until she swallowed the visor it contained. I now contain property of the Enmity Corporation, and request transportation to the nearest facility for retrieval of said property. She told the group. The compliance team gingerly approached her across the floor of wet broken glass, their stun guns and restraint cuffs held high. Daisy was lying in a hospital bed. Attached to her arms were many wires and tubes, and on her nose was a special medical visor for monitoring her condition. The visor had another important function. It occupied her entire field of vision, and allowed her to return to the sea. Her bed floated in the water of a calm ocean. The distant sound of waves crashing on a faraway beach could be heard. She couldn't smell the sea, but it looked and sounded just how she remembered. She wasn't adrift, but moving steadily toward the horizon. The horizon that in her youth held all the mystery and potential of her life just out of reach. She now understood what had been hidden, awaiting her all those years ago. It was death. Her young mind couldn't comprehend this. At that age she was immortal. Now she felt it with a firm-handed certainty. It was probably the drugs they were giving her that made it impossible to panic or regret. Daisy just drifted along, but in her mind she was moving backward to tell that young girl by the sea to not waste her journey. She wanted to let young Daisy know that there was no perfect answer waiting for her. It was only the joy you found moving through life that mattered. And it was alone you reached. The mystery of the end. Enmity Stories This story was brought to you by the Enmity Corporation, and produced using licensed AI voice technology. For more stories please visit stories.enmitycorp.com or subscribe on your preferred podcast platform.